hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing great as well. Yes. So, welcome to another episode of Real Rumble. Yes. Real Review. Welcome to the Real Review. What are we going to do tonight? Ooh, we have us a classic of anime. We are reviewing Akira. Akira! Akira! Yeah, it's a, it's a huge, huge film over in Japan. Over here in North America, it's a bit of a cult classic that I think is just now starting to get the recognition that it deserves. But, um, yeah, so let's there's, just jump right into it, I sure, guess. Sure, yeah. I was going to say there's like a niche audience yeah, here, yeah. for sure, because I've known about it since like high school. For some oh, really? Reason, for whatever reason. Yeah, I never knew about it until you told me about it. Okay, you didn't understand it. I mean, then again, no, I'm not like them. I'm not really into anime, so of course it's not really something that would be on my radar. Yeah, someone showed it to me. I don't know, some hipster kid in high school. He's like, <laughs> like, what's this? And like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> and I never thought about it until like ten years later. And I was like, oh, this is a really good movie. Yeah, fair enough. This <laughs> maybe this is the second or maybe third full length anime film I've ever seen. Yeah. The other two being Spirited Away. And uh, Ghost in the Shell. Also a great movie. Yeah, both great movies. All three of these are great movies. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Akira. I wanted to talk about this one because it's... At least the first couple times I watched it, it was really difficult for me to understand what the hell was going on. Yeah, it's not an easy to follow movie. No, not at all. There's not a lot of exposition. And they have like... They have three different storylines going at multiple times that like interweave in and out of each other yeah sometimes they cross and other times they're doing their own thing and it's yeah it's quite hard to follow yeah it's really complicated yeah but after i think this is my third time viewing it it's been um yeah i think i get it now (laughs) yeah that's what i was feeling when we just watched it uh, a minute ago there i i feel it's my third viewing as well i'm like okay finally i sort of get a cohesive picture of what is going on yeah and it's amazing like, it's oh genius. it's great yeah it's it's been considered one of the best science fiction stories in film yeah and i think for good reason because it's um it's very unique and what it does it does very well yeah and i mean the visuals alone like capture you from the oh moment you God, start yeah. watching it and then all of a sudden you're like i don't really care too much about the plot just because i'm just so entranced by the by the visuals and the animation and like all I the found, work they put into it. Yeah, I found the plot to be horrific, but <laughs> not horrifically written. But I mean, like it, it's it's uh, terrifying. It's oh a, yeah, such a scary story. Yeah, it's creepy. But I found the way that the world was animated and the smoothness of the action, and I don't know the whole world they created. I just wanted to kind of live there. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be in that enveloped in that world it's for like, a lot longer than the runtime of this movie I felt kind of like oh shit I wanted to keep seeing what was going on in that movie. in the, just the world in general Neo Tokyo uh, they created right not necessarily anything to do with Akira or oh god no yeah <laughs> no. Oh, god, oh god no no, <laughs> um, no but it's it's yeah such a a beautifully made movie that yeah. it's unfortunate that the plot almost seems to take a second seat or a back seat sorry to to the visuals i would say so and but the plot is just fucking just as amazing yeah as the visuals once you actually understand what's going on yeah it's all a bit bananas yeah like well, it's all you're thrown crazy. into it yeah like the, the opening image is like a, a nuclear explosion 
So you're like, okay, this is what I'm kind of in for then. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I also like that they don't do much backstory. They're just like, here we are. Neo, yeah, they, Neo Tokyo. It's 2019. Yeah. And uh, this is just shit going on. Yeah. It says at the very beginning, you know, you see Tokyo get annihilated by this giant white ball of light. Yeah. And it says, uh, you know, I think it's like sometime in July 1988, Tokyo is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes forward 31 years to 2019 and says, Neo Tokyo after World War Three. That's yeah. all the information we get. Yeah. That's it. But it's great because it adds so much more tension to the story. Like the backdrop, like there's the rebels, there's the revolution, there's all these like radical like religious leaders, there's these corrupt like bureaucrats, there's yeah. all these p- things that you they can see it's kind of like a it's a good it's a good backdrop backdrop sorry is what i'm trying to say oh yeah no it's amazing yeah. yeah also in this recording if anyone can hear like a rattling oh my god yeah it is our radiator yeah it's a radiator <laughs> so apologies but it's cold our building is old as the hills and we have radiators <laughs> old as the hills <laughs> yeah um so anyway we might as well we're just jumping into the plot i guess let's just, yeah, let's let's just, just go into it go into the synopsis if we can even summarize this movie in a very orderly way yeah like i was trying to find like who the main character is i'd say there's two yeah because some people say it's um canada yeah and other people say it's tetsuo yeah it's both of them and i'm on the tetsuo side just because i've been looking at all the plot points and i'm like it seems that things happen to him more yeah the events that happened to tetsuo seem to hit the quote-unquote standard you know plot points in yeah. the storyline yeah just for me anyways i mean i might be wrong but that's just my argument would be tetsuo although but. my counter argument is every time tetsuo and kaneda get together that's when a major plot point happens so right so both, maybe they're both yeah that's my thinking both. but yeah anyway oh no uh no but my argument would be that like the inciting incident yeah is when tetsuo gets hits that kid the psychic kid yeah or even when he steals the bike later on Oh, yeah, well, that's the yeah, that's the tur- the second turning point. Yeah, yeah, is when he realizes that he like he's getting hallucinations and all that shit. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, do we want to talk about the plot in depth or? Well, let's just try to summarize it here. So, um, the movie's about Kaneda and Tetsuo. They're these two teenage boys who are part of a biker gang. Yeah. And this the movie starts off with a confrontation between their biker gang and this other biker gang called the clowns Mm -hmm. and they have this battle out on the street and they're like hitting each other with lead pipes and it's pretty gruesome it's a very violent movie yeah and beating each other to death at high speed with uh, motorbikes uh in the meantime we see this kind of cloaked figure dragging a little boy through a, a crowded rush hour traffic an old shriveled green man boy <laughs> and he's being chased by military guys with dogs and they end up stumbling into um an area they're not supposed to be in it's like been blocked off by the military mm-hmm. and then they get a spotlight put on them they go hey you shouldn't be here and they're like oh shit he's got a gun and so they blast the older guy the yeah, kid, just annihilate him the kid sees the blood and and starts screaming and then all these windows shatter and all the lights go out and then the kid disappears Meanwhile, uh, they're still racing on the street. They're still racing yeah. on the street, and then the two worlds collide. The when, two worlds collide when yeah, um, Tetsuo hits uh, the kid. Yeah. Then the military shows up in a helicopter, takes the kid away and Tetsuo, yeah. and arrests the rest of the biker gang. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the biker gang are able to get out of 
um, like police detainment the next day. And uh, Canada. Ted, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Canada meets a, uh, a girl named Kay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And he's like attracted to her, but they go their separate ways. Meanwhile, Tetsuo's in the hospital and they're look they're you know examining him and the doctors say oh my god this is just like uh, this is just like akira like he, yeah the, the, the patterns are the same yeah. we have to watch him yeah because he's very like he has a lot of psychic capabilities now after running in with the kid yeah and we find that out later when he escapes from the hospital and he goes to the correctional school where Kaneda and the rest of the biker gang have been sent after their arrest uh, he steals Kaneda's bike, which he's been coveting the whole time. Yeah, he, he wants to... Well, it's very interesting. Like, There's a, a, a moment of characterization in, in the beginning when he's actually on... Tetsuo's on Kaneda's bike, and Tetsuo's like, get off my bike, you couldn't handle it. And he's like, yeah, I could. Like, yeah, I can, yeah, which is a foreshadowing. Thing oh, to yeah, say. it's so interesting. But anyways, continue. Uh, so yeah, Tetsuo steals Kaneda's bike. Motorbike, by the way. We're talking about motorcycles. <laughs> Tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycle. And um, his girlfriend, I forgot her name, hops on with him. Kaori. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they go racing down the street, but then some guys from the clown biker gang um, see them and chase after them. Well, they mistake him for Tetsuo because of the bike. Oh, they mistake him for Kaneda. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Kaneda. Yeah. yeah. They, mistake him, the te- they mistake Tetsuo for Kaneda. They chase after him. They catch up with him um, because Tetsuo can't drive the bike properly and fucks up something on the bike and it has to stop. Um, they start beating him up and they start assaulting his girlfriend. Yeah. And then Kaneda and the rest of the guys show up to save the day. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden Tetsuo starts having these weird hallucinations that it, like his his internal organs are falling out. Oh god, it's so disturbing. And he starts freaking out. And meanwhile, the scientists are seeing this spike in the, yeah. the waveform. And then a truck rolls up and military guys grab him again, throw him in the truck, drive him off. Kaneda's like, what the fuck? Like, we need a friend. <laughs> and there's a little bit Tetsuo! of a... Tetsuo! Conf- yeah, there's a bit of a confrontation between Kaneda and Tetsuo. Tetsuo's pissed off that Kaneda came to save him. He's like, I don't need you to save me all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. I hate it. I hate that. He feels like inadequate, and he's kind of like the runt of the biker game. Yeah. And he always feels like Tetsuo needs to help him. Yeah. And he hates it, so... Um, he's in the hospital, and then he um, he starts learning more and more that he has these powers... Yeah, well, there's that whole scene, um, you know, with the the toys. Yeah. Um, which is something that we should get into uh, maybe later because I was gonna mention the B story, which uh, the side the second story that's happening simultaneously. Yeah. You, you go for it. Yeah, with Canada and um, Kay. Yeah. So Canada follows um, Kay to this like kind of rebel hideout. And the head of the rebels, uh, Ryu, um, like kind of beats him up. And then um, they're explaining their master plot to kidnap one of these psychic children. Yeah. So there's these three psychic children. Yeah. That we learn about. Yeah. One of which, like we said before, runs into Tetsuo. Yeah. And so um, they decide to let Kaneda in on the plot and help them take one of these kids by dressing up as janitors and right. going into the government facility. Right. Um, solely, basically, just based on the fact that he's best friends with Tetsuo. Right. They were like, oh, he could be of use. So that's also happening simultaneously as all this other stuff is happening. 
They break into the facility, and while they're breaking in, Tetsuo is also getting more and more powerful. He it turns out he's also got these telekinetic psychic powers. Yeah. And he starts rampaging through this military hospital. He's killing a bunch of guards, and he's trying to make his way to the room where the three children are. And this is all because he woke up from uh, he was asleep, and he got woken up. Uh, with this terrible nightmare that all these like objects in his room were forming into the form of like teddy bears and children's toys and like <laughs> oozing white God. goo and like trying to kill him it, it's, yeah. it's like surreal it's horror so gross <laughs> um, and he, he tells he like uses his powers to like dismantle those creatures and sees that underneath it is the three kids so he's like fuck it I'm gonna go get these guys now yeah he's like I can't believe that you would even try to fuck with me yeah <laughs> so pissed like the three kids know that he's getting more powerful and they're trying to contain him well they're scared because one of them um what's kiori i guess yeah i think the the girl she has a vision that he's gonna become too powerful and destroy like everything everything. yeah (laughs) just like akira did yeah so he's rampaging through the hospital meanwhile kaneda and this group of um spies i guess are the rebels. Rebels. Yeah. They're they're also in the hospital looking for him. Yeah. Um, they all meet together in the in this like children's nursery room mm-hmm. where the three kids are. Um, they have a confrontation. Kaneda's like, "I came to save you," and Tetsuo kind of scoffs at him. He's yeah. like, "I, you saved <laughs> Funny me. Joke. Like, Funny who joke. are you to tell me that you're saving me? Like, I'm so powerful now." Yeah, yeah. And then he proceeds to blow a hole in the wall and fly out of it oh because he learns of akira he learns of who akira is yeah he's like wait a second akira i could get more power if i go to this akira dude yeah and and he figures out that akira is in a hermetically sealed super cooled vault underneath a stadium being built for the 2020 tokyo olympics which is real there's gonna be a 2020 tokyo Olympics. yeah there's gonna be terrifying yeah in real life not in the movie there's actually gonna be a 2020 Uh, Olympics, which they couldn't have known in 1988 when they made this movie, but it's kind of one of those weird, whatever, (laughs) one of those weird little coincidences. Continue on with my day, pretending that didn't happen. So anyway, he wants to make his way. uh, Tetsuo is going to make his way now to that part of the old city that's been cratered. Yeah, leaving Um, like a trail of destruction in his way. Yeah, it's this not a montage, but just a series of scenes where it's just him confronting police and army guys and like destroying tanks and blowing up infrastructure and it's just this ever escalating series of things like guys with laser guns show up and he kills all of them there's a tank he destroys a whole bridge with a bunch of civilians on it um they get into a fight or they finally get to the um the stadium yeah and he rips the whole vault out from underground and lifts it up yeah and you know, Kaneda shows up with K, yeah. and by this point, there's been a bit of an expositional scene. Where well, there's there's the C story, the C story with the general. Oh, the, the yeah, he's a general. Yeah, yeah. So that guy before had a meeting with um, the leaders of Neo Tokyo, and they basically decided to fire him. Yeah. And he was like, "Okay, well, the city's in like a form of crisis. You guys didn't listen to me, so I'm gonna form a, a form a coup." Yeah, and he takes over power. So he takes over power um, and tries to go after Tetsuo to stop him. Yeah. So he also ends up at 
the uh, place where Akira is kept. Right. And then there's also the B story with Kay and um, Kaneda. They get captured. Yeah. But um, Kiori, Kiori? I don't know what, I can't remember what her name is. The girl. The little girl psychic is using Kay um, and like kind of working through her telepathically. Yeah, and it's implied that Kay has the gift as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, which is really interesting. Um, so we're at the place where Akira is. <laughs> yeah. And everyone has come together. And we find out that Akira is a series of vials with different parts of human body organs in them. Yeah. And the actual boy Akira, who created this cataclysmic event 31 years earlier... Um, whatever was left of his body they were dissecting and studying and trying to understand what was going on yeah so Tetsuo was like laughing because he's like like this guy isn't powerful he yeah. can't help me like yeah. he can't beat me that's fine so the military they've been trying and not succeeding at stopping him uh, so they think okay we'll pull up the big guns we'll get the solar laser <laughs> which satellite. is so extreme and in like meanwhile him uh, Tetsuo and Kay were fighting like telepathically or like had like a little bit of a laser fight. Oh, yeah, there's so much going and on then in this movie. Kaneda and Tetsuo went at it, but Yeah, there's a lot of know, fighting. They have like a little yeah, they have a fight and eventually they launch this crazy laser from yeah. space and it chops off um, Tetsuo's arm. Tetsuo's arm. Tetsuo figures out what's going on. He flies up into space and <laughs> destroys the satellite with the laser beam on it. Yeah. At Not this point, deal. the army goes, well, shit, we can't do anything, so we're just going to back off. Yeah, um, well, the, the general is still very adamant about um, stopping him. Yeah. So he does initially, he does, he does he does find where Tetsuo has been hiding out with his like newly formed arm. And like pulsating body. <laughs> yeah, he's in he's in the stadium. Yeah, he's, he's he's chilling out. Meanwhile, the three psychic kids figure out a plot, and they're like, "We're gonna we're gonna get rid of this guy." Yeah, so they basically say that like we're gonna wait until he's at his like most powerful, where he yeah. can't contain himself anymore. Yeah. And then we're gonna, I assume, release Akira. Yeah. That's their plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kaneda and K go to confront Tetsuo at the stadium so does the general so, so does the girlfriend three, yeah and yeah. so does the girlfriend so do these three psychic kids there's yeah. more fighting there's more battling Tetsuo can't control his power so his body starts morphing into this like there's like fleshy blobs grotesque and it's just grotesque shit just growing out of him yeah, hands and eyeballs and, and tumors everywhere he starts absorbing shit around him yeah um eventually it gets so intense that the you know the three psychic kids show up, and they they release Akira. They summon Akira, mm-hmm. and then Akira appears, and there's this giant white ball of light, like at the very beginning of the movie, and yeah. starts enveloping everything. Yeah. Um, and Kaneda and Kay both get caught up in this white ball of light, along mm-hmm. with Tetsuo, Akira, and the three uh, psychic kids. Yeah. And oh yeah, and the general's been transported to a tunnel, so he's fine. So he's fine. Yeah. We see the whole new Neo Tokyo getting just totally demolished. Yeah. Um, everything's getting destroyed. Yeah, and the psychic kids um, make a decision to sacrifice themselves to save um, Kaneda. Kaneda. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, we're seeing Kaneda, and he's floating, 
in space, basically. There's all this, like, light flying around him and debris. And he's able to see flashbacks from Tetsuo's life where he sees, like, how he and Tetsuo became friends as kids. Mm -hmm. And they were both foster kids. And then he's also seeing memories that the three psychic children have and how they came to know Akira. And we find out, like, these kids are at least 30 years old. Yeah, it's... Well, it's, it's... It's not exactly explicit, but you and I are assuming that the pills that they give them stunt their growth. Yeah, the military's been giving them, like, all this medicine and pills and stuff. And and the kids look old. Like, they all have, like, shriveled shriveled faces and gray hair. So what we're thinking is these pills are, like, to keep the kids from aging. I think so, because that makes sense. Because Tetsuo is a teenager, and he cannot yeah, he control the powers it. at yeah, all. Yeah, can't handle it. So we think maybe they're stunting their growth on purpose. Well, Andy also has, like, like a lot of issues emotionally. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the kids are basically just like, you have to choose how you want to use your power. And you've made this choice, and it's a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the, the, the memories are going on. And anyway, so the, basically, the end of the movie is a new universe being created. And, you know, Tetsuo, Akira, and the three psychic kids get absorbed into it. Yeah, it's that that happens. But then Tetsuo and Kay and everybody else that they've decided to let live. Kaneda, you mean? Kaneda. Oh, my God. What did I say? Kay? You said Tetsuo. Oh, man. I keep mixing them up. Anyways, um, Kaneda... Kay and the other member of the gang that was also there. This isn't very important. I can't remember <laughs> uh, his name. <laughs> but they, the three kids, deci- the three psychic kids decide to save them. Yeah. And leave them back on Neo Tokyo. Yeah. And then they drive off into the distance and they're fine. And then at the end, there's Tetsuo's voice and it just says, I am Tetsuo. And there's this big ball of like oscillating light. And you see a bunch of galaxies getting formed and stuff. Yeah, so we think that it's him finally being able to use his power because he's not confined by his body yeah. and creating a par- like a parallel universe. And this is all sort of set up in a scene between Kaneda and Kai after they've been captured by the military after breaking into the military hospital to find Tetsuo. Yeah. So Tetsuo flies off, and in the meantime, these guys are arrested and they're put in a cell. And Kay's describing how she's like you know how in evolution like humans used to be monkeys and monkeys used to be like fish and reptiles and then amoebas Mm. and stuff like that um she's like what if you were to all of a sudden give an amoeba the power of a human being she's like it would be just explode it's like the same thing happened with akira it was like as a human being like transcended to this new form of life yeah um and it was so much power and it just destroyed him and destroyed everything yeah and we find out that it's actually the little girl, the little psychic girl who's talking through Kay and describing all of this. Right, yeah. Um, so that's... And they're saying, like, the power is the same that we saw at the birth of the universe. Yeah. So... so it's, a, it's, it's like the energy of the universe. Yeah. Which is, like, a crazy concept, but... Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like the power... The energy that causes evolution and causes DNA to form. And life and yeah. destruction. And, and it's just, like... I guess exponentially increasing, and then all of a sudden they Akira like just turn into a white ball of light and transcend it into a new form. Well, yeah, it's because um like he acts he accidentally Akira accidentally destroys um Tokyo in 1988. 
Yeah. Because he can't, his his body can no longer contain. Right. The the power of the universe. He was the strongest one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the same thing happens again. And it's not just these four. It's like Akira was number what twenty eight. Yeah. It's implied there was there was a lot of them. Twenty two others. Yeah, probably. But they never that talk are all about dead. It. Yeah. Probably. That I'm assuming they're all dead except for the three and then yeah. the, and then, um, I guess they can still summon the energy of Akira. Yeah. Even though he's not necessarily in a physical form anymore. Yeah. Like he kind of shows up as like a spirit. Yeah, it's thing. hard. It's hard to describe. <laughs> yeah. You have to kind of watch it. Yeah. Um, but that was our synopsis of the plot. I think we did a really good job. Yeah. I think that made a lot of sense. That's as good of a job as you're gonna get. Also, that's as good of a job as we've ever done on this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> because woo. We re- yeah, good job. High five. Yeah. <laughs> because we re- yeah we really had to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those movies where you definitely have to pay attention. Yeah. Um, you can't be like Googling shit on your smartphone. It, it won't make sense. Also, it's in Japanese and we had the version that isn't dubbed in English. It's just subtitles. So, Which I think people should watch. It's, it's good to watch yeah, it in so its original I mean, language. We, I literally couldn't look away or I'd miss everything because <laughs> I don't understand Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a really good job. Yeah. So let's talk about cinematography. I mean, yeah. It's not really cinematography in it's an the animation. film, but the animation was amazing. And well, and the like, there is a choice still of, of perspective and things. how to frame yeah. things. Like there is, it's there. Um, yeah, the animation's amazing in this film. Like it's distracting how great it is. I heard that when they were making this film, they upped the frame rate so that the movements could be a lot smoother. Is it twenty? Is it, is it at twenty four? I think it's more than that. Really. I, I, th- I don't. I don't know the exact details. Okay. But they up the they up the cell count per second. I think if that's the term for it. Because it's so the frame yeah, rate yeah, is, yeah. is really fluid. Yeah, cell count. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of depth in the movie. They they really go through painstaking detail trying to create uh, a 3D environment that their characters can interact with. Um, you see this a lot. The scene I'm thinking of specifically is. There's two characters walking on a um, sort of veranda, mm-hmm. and you see in the background like the the buildings moving with their perspective, and like all the windows popping into frame and then popping out of frame. Yeah, and then, it's, like it's like it was filmed. Yeah, like everything moves. The, the perspectives the light change moves. like it would uh, with a camera. Yeah, and I mean, there's some shots where there's like like the characters have backlight. Yeah. Like they're backlit and it's just oh man, it's just oh, so beautiful. Yeah, that's the other thing. The way that light is animated is amazing. Yeah. The the introductory scene where there's a the two biker gangs fighting each other. With the light trails. And the streaming light trails yeah. behind them. Yeah, those are awesome. And the um the lens flares from the uh headlights when yeah. it's coming at the the would be camera. Yeah, I mean these are all things that they didn't need to add. Like, yeah, they, they were necessary. They added it to make it more cinematic, I guess. Yeah, and it's so good. Or like even when like the glass breaks at the beginning and then all that that shower of glass shattering down. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like you see the rotating pieces and the glistening of it, and it's yeah. just so beautiful. It looks like a waterfall. And there's there's little things they added to each scene that is way more extra work that they <laughs> didn't need to do. Yeah. But they just do it to make it seem more interesting. Like the one you pointed out where they 
they're chasing one of the members of the clown gang on the bike into the tunnel and they, they smack over a pylon and you see the pylon like dancing along the pavement. Yeah, but it, it makes such a big difference. Yeah, or, like, a huge difference. Or like even in the, the I guess it's actually the second scene when they when they go into the uh, bar. Yeah. Um, but like you go into this bar and like you see the the, char- the characters that you're supposed to be focusing on but in the background there's other characters moving and doing things and like giving context and like telling you about the world that's yeah that's the other thing i noticed it's different than other anime i've seen um it's not just the mouth moving it's there's a whole bunch of stuff moving all at once yeah yeah that is something that struck me yeah like there's a couple in the background and like a guy's trying to make out with a girl and she doesn't want to yeah and like you kind of get this total like dystopic vibe Oh, right absolutely. away, like yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also thought it was interesting how, um, in like the bar, is sort of the bar is a reflection of Neo Tokyo. Okay. And it gets destroyed, just as Neo Tokyo does. Oh, I never picked up on that. Yeah, but I think that's what they were going for. Or I'm just reading way too much into it. And I'm like no, crawling can, on my own butt. There's a lot to read into this movie. <laughs> so, it's a very complicated movie, yeah. and there's a lot of metaphors going on. Yeah, a lot um, of symbolism. You could read so much into this movie. Yeah, which is that's why it's so great. It's why it's great to rewatch a whole bunch of times. We'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I lo- looked up the frames per second. Okay. So Disney films, like the Disney classic films, yeah. were mostly animated at 12 frames per second. Okay. And Akira was at 24 frames per second. Okay, that's why it's so smooth. Which is yeah, which yeah. is what a camera films at. Yeah. Bananas. It's amazing. I did a little bit of research before we did this podcast, and there's seven different companies that came together to form a committee to make this movie. And at the time, it was the most expensive anime movie ever made. So many people involved. Uh, at the time, it was 1.1 billion yen. Yeah. Which wh- is about 9 million US dollars. That's crazy. In 1988? Yeah, 1988. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the inflation is on that, but Woo! it's a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. For an animated movie. Oh, I also read that they um, they had the voice actors act out the scenes first and then they animated based on the performance i bet you that's how they got such interesting facial expressions yeah yeah which is ass backwards how it's usually done yeah no that'd be weird but that's it's super cool that they did that yeah and that's why you don't see that um the weird like the mouth keeps moving but it's not matching the words at all right that you see in a lot of other anime sometimes yeah um yeah so it's i don't know like everything they did with this movie just it's like they 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 an just insane amount of work. Yeah, they went the whole nine yards on everything. Yeah, just I don't I don't think there's any frame that isn't beautiful. Yeah. I also read that it was the uh, it was one of the first anime movies to be. It had a small release in North America, but it was one of the first ones to break out over to here. To break out, yeah, that makes sense. Is but it also, weird? it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like this feels like such a cerebral film for North America, especially in the '80s. Yeah, but that's why it was groundbreaking because it was like it was one of the first animated movies that was like a hard R animated movie. True. Yeah, there's a lot of violence. And broke the idea that animated movies are only for children. Right. Yeah, they are not. Yeah. This should not be viewed by a child. But anyway, <laughs> to get kind of back on track, the cinematography, um, I thought it was great. I like the use of perspective and lighting a lot. Yeah, and just, like, the colors that they used. Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, the way that they were able to divide a scene up by using color. Like, it's very interesting how Kenida is has a red jacket. Yeah. 
and so you can always you, you can he always pops against like the really like uh sort of grayed out background gray green blue backgrounds. Yeah. yeah it's all very cold and then same with um tetsuo when he gets his red cape yeah you're just like oh interesting okay yeah. <laughs> good use of color yeah amazing um what do we think about the sound design also really great yeah yeah i mean what you were saying with the the with the mouth uh, the sorry the the mouth animations yes <laughs> that's yeah. what i was trying to say yeah i thought that was really well done uh, i thought the soundtrack was really good oh uh, especially that opening scene with the bike Music. the bike fight <gasps> <gasps> <Yeah>. it's very <gasps> oof. it's it's chilling chilling yeah, yeah it's chilling and it's also it also gives you um the atmosphere of the world yeah like right away you're just like oh yeah this is a I also like weird I also like that the music was quite minimal there's not a lot of music in this movie no but they use it they use it really to, to make an impact yeah they use it smart I think yeah um, one bone to pick I had with it was it has a sort of how to describe it like an anime sound the sound of footsteps the sound of like gunfire it all sounds it still sounds a bit cartoonish the way it's oh, been it's recorded. oversaturated yeah. like it's like it's very much in your face like when you hear the footsteps they're like yeah. echoey yeah. moody footsteps down yeah. the hall um, but I don't know I, I like that yeah Actually, I, I, for this, I like it. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It kind of adds more to the mood. That's true. I'm I'm just so used to critiquing real sound, like you know, like right where you're just like real this objects sound like this. Yeah. Yeah, but this is a cartoon, so obviously. Yeah, like when um, what's his name? Sorry, when Tetsuo throws the coke can when he's talking to yeah, and it's like ping, ping, ping. Yeah. And you're just like, but it's creepy. It's you're cartoonish, like, oh, but it is creepy. God, yeah, so you're creepy. right. They did a good job with that. I feel creepy. Um, I'm also thinking about that shot. Sorry, I'm thinking about that shot. This is cinematography. I apologize. Uh, I know, I know. Just one more thing. I'm just thinking about that shot where that woman's running down the hall in the hospital, and they have the reflection on the floor. Uh-huh. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. They didn't have to add that. Anyways, Kate, let's go. Sorry. Uh, the only thing else no I wanted to add the sound was the they know how to use silence properly. Yeah, like when um, the, tele- the te- uh, telepathy was happening, uh-huh. how it just got like super muted. Everything else got muted, and it was so quiet. Yeah, like there was just absolute chaos happening, but mm-hmm. then you zone in on these two characters, and there's yeah. Yeah, Silence. or when the lasers blasting them from outer space, yeah, it gets silent all of a sudden. It's and it, it's such a good use of negative space and sound. Yeah, you, you almost get the sense that it's more powerful because you can't hear anything. Yeah. Well, it seems like crazy power. I don't know. Well, it's almost like because you have all this chaos and all the sound is chaos and all of a sudden it's just like it just cuts off. Yeah. And you're, you're it's just such an abrupt change that you can't not listen Yeah. to nothing. I don't know. That's Again, I think that's an allusion to the horrors of the nuclear bombings that happened Ooh, at the end yeah. of World War II. Yeah. There's a lot Oh my of, God, yeah. There's a lot of metaphorical references to that, that kind of stuff. To Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The sense of this like giant impending force that you can't, you can't stop and. Well, I mean, it happened to them. Yeah, and it's a trope in Japanese cinema as well. Well, I like, think this it's... giant unstoppable force just comes and wipes out everything. Yeah, I think it's just something that 
because it had such a heavy impact on their country that and their culture yeah, yeah and their culture that of course it's gonna be reflected in in movies yeah so but i had never picked up on that but that's genius yeah genius um so yeah so that's sound stunts and special effects. well there's no stunts because it's not real but no. <laughs> special effects um well, there's not really the animation much, there's a little bit of cgi is there a teeny tiny teeny amount what is, where is it's it? It's that like whirling waveform that he's looking at. Oh yeah, true. I guess uh, that would have been one of the first times. Brainwave. Nineteen eighty eight. Well, there's. We've been on this. Uh, we've discussed this before in the Wrath of Khan podcast. And, and we discussed it in Alien. Yeah. Where it was like, do you know that this was the first computer graphic? Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> been there's been computer generated graphics since the seventies. Right. So in any way. this is a special effect then. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool. It's minimal. Yeah. It's really interesting how they did it too. Yeah. Yeah, the um, the multicolored and the layers and how that reflects the pattern of it looked cool. their abilities. I like that they had the technology but uh, refrained from using it. Yeah. Oh my God, because it could have been a disaster. Because the movie's so beautifully animated yeah. that to do anything CGI would take away from it. Yeah. I in mean, fact, I that's a kind of a quarrel I have with various... Um, like anime shows I've seen mm. like Attack on Titan for example like there's certain things that are clearly computer animated yeah made to look like they fit in with like a traditionally animated thing yeah and it just does it kind of like it works but it kind of you can tell it you takes you I mean? out it of kinda, it yeah yeah it takes you out it's like the second Ghost in the Shell movie yes oh my god yes with that big weird ship scene yeah and you're like oh what the oh, fuck what the hell's going on <laughs> but yeah but anyways, yeah. that's so, good special effects. The, but, yeah, it's a good use of special effects because they knew not to use it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, dialogue and screenplay. Well, we talk, yeah. Yeah, this screenplay is... It follows the beats of a regular Hollywood movie, more or less. It does, yeah. And really well. Yeah. Really well, too. Um, but yeah, we, we already kind of... I mean, we talked about the plot, but yeah, the screenplay is genius. Um... And I just think that I know that it deviates from the manga in the sense that it doesn't continue on the story. Well, about that. So I was looking into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Akira is a series of manga graphic novel books. Right. And there's six of them. Um, the director and the author are the same person. Mm. So, but what's interesting is that series of manga didn't end until 1990, which is two years after this movie was released. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a whole bunch of events that he hadn't even written yet. This is like in the middle of the story, is it not? Well, it's it's like the first bit of the first manga and like a little bit of the last one. And there's a bunch of stuff he padded in the middle. Right, because... But this is like a condensed version of the manga. Because there's all of like Akira's backstory and like all that stuff. Yeah. That's just kind of sprinkled in. And I haven't read the manga, but I'm assuming all of that's explained. And like who the kids... That's what I think so. And who the kids are and how they got their powers and all that shit. Yeah. And then after the... After Neo Tokyo gets destroyed, I'm sure he continues on. Yeah, maybe. So... Again, I haven't read it, but... Yeah, but it's interesting how he just took bits and pieces and apparently... um, Kaneda is not like a super huge character in the manga. No. But he's pretty important in this specific part. There's of it. probably entire characters and entire story arcs that he just stripped right out. Yeah. I just mean, to condense it into a two hour movie. It was amazing. That's actually, great, yeah. I actually feel like it would be interesting to read 
the manga. Like I don't I don't read manga, but thirty fifth anniversary edition just came out. Oh, how <laughs> much money is that? <laughs> More than uh, more than three dollars. More than a comic book should be. <laughs> no, That's I, up for eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably very well done. Um, but I think, yeah, I would. Uh, I would be interested in reading the whole thing. And maybe, me too, actually. Maybe it would make even more sense. Like I read, I read the, the Watchmen <laughs> graphic novel. Oh, okay. And it was quite good. But yeah. So. Did it make more? Did it make sense? Did it? It made more sense than the movie. Right. Okay. But that's that. Was and there this any, is this. any blue genitalia? Of course there was. Of course there was. <laughs> better on the big screen, though. <laughs> no, it's better in the book. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm assuming it's the same thing here with yeah. graphic novels. Every time I've heard of a graphic novel getting adapted into a movie, it's like the movie is just pales in comparison to the depth of the world created in the manga and the animation style and all that, you know, that poppy... Yeah. Art style that comes out of the manga. Yeah. But this movie, though. This movie, though. This movie, though. It stands alone. It stands um, alone really well. I think the only qualm that I have about it is that, like, so many people don't read the manga. And it's like, you don't know what things are. Like, the... True. Like, my qualm is that the, with the dialogue, it's it could, it could have had a little bit more exposition. Yeah. Like, the general could have been like, oh, like, the psychic Esper children or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he could have been a little bit... I hear what you're saying. Less vague. <laughs> like, everything I, was very vague. I hear what you're saying, but I kind of like the fact that they didn't yeah, go into all of that. I mean, I had to watch it three They're like, here's just the story we're focused on. The rest is all kind of secondary. Who gives a shit where all this other stuff came from? It's just their deal with it. No, I know. It's not that I mean, like, I need backstory or anything. I just wish oh. that, like, things had... Like more ev- like evident titles, or oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they never actually say anything about the kids. They have different names, but th- like them themselves are not like a group of anything. There's one you know scene I mean? where kind of where one scientist refers to them as the numbers. Oh, okay, so maybe and they're gonna add the Tetsuo to the numbers. Okay, but yeah, but it's that's a big thing. Briefly. Yeah, you have to really focus and pay attention. Yeah, it's I guess very that's my brief. problem. It's very brief. Um, but yeah, that's just because I'm a little bit lazy. So yeah. <laughs> Other than that, um, I the dialogue—it's hard for me to personally judge the dialogue because I'm reading a translation to English. Yeah, so I'm sure it's so much better in Japanese. Probably. Yeah. Oh well. That's like with any foreign film. It's like I can't really judge the dialogue if yeah. it makes sense. Then it's good. Yeah. To a person who speaks that language. Yeah. But I'm sure it's a bit more um, like. I guess, I'm, what's the word? A bit more decorative and yeah, their, yeah, the natural yeah. language. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Like it. Uh, pacing. I thought pacing was really well. It just keeps Re- going. Really well. Really good. <laughs> it was really well. No, it just like the movie's just like boom, boom, boom. boom yeah, boom. It like just it never stops. Chugs along like never, a freight train. Never stops. Um, and there's the quiet parts are actually welcomed because you're like, oh my god, I need like a five second break. Like. So much is happening. I'm struggling right now to think of a movie that has better pacing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, this is almost like a benchmark of how you should pace a movie. It is, yeah. It's just it like, all everything the, yeah. happens exactly when it should. Nothing feels like it's too long. Yeah, and they have three storylines, so you never get bored. Oh, God, no. One storyline, because they keep switching. Bored isn't a word I'd use. Confu- <laughs> confused, <laughs> maybe. Confused, maybe. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just trucks along 
Yeah. Chugga 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 chugga. Yeah. Yeah. It does a really good job with the pacing. Yeah. There you go. That's our that's our evaluation of the pacing. It's yeah, good. It's good. Just <laughs> it's like the really rest. We could have just said good under each category. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so moving away from the technical side of things and more yeah. towards the audience side of things, uh, is there any memorable sympathetic characters? This is an interesting one for me. Yeah? I think the only sympathetic characters in the whole movie are the kids. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Tetsuo's a bit of a dick. Kaneda is a big a bit of a dick. Uh, the general's a bit of a dick. They all have these massive egos. Yeah. And like the only self sacrificing people are the children. The shriveled prunes. Even then the only self sacrificing people are like Kay and the girl. Oh it's yeah. It's like a it's almost like a thing it's on a little feminist mas- film. <laughs> Not feminist, but it is I think a commentary on masculine tropes. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Or you could read it that way. Yeah, okay. You could read a lot into it. It's true. You could read a lot. I didn't even think about that. But it could be a little bit about the masculine But maybe this tropes. is like grade nine English class where the teacher thinks there's a whole bunch of stuff there <laughs> that the author never actually put in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, but That's just something I might have picked up on. But yeah, the characters are interesting. Yeah. But the first couple times I watched it, I had a hard time remembering who was who. Well, the names are so fast. The names and are so fast. Again, that's not our first language. So Japanese like names I've never on. heard before, so I, I, I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, third time around, though, now that I've watched it for my third time, it's like, oh, I know who people are, and it's it's a bit easier for me. Yeah, and I think that um, the characters are interesting, and I think that they reflect the world that they grew up in. Yeah. Like, these kids have been, you know, they grew up without a family, and they're in a biker gang. They're, like, only 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. Um, Neo Tokyo is a total hole. Oh, yeah. It's a, just a disaster. Um, just chaos all the time. And it seems like everyone's trying to control their own little worlds. Yeah. But there is no control. There's a complete lack of control. No. And there's also this weird, speaking of characters, there's that weird preacher guy. Yeah. And he's like a deaf cultist. Yeah, he They're like waiting for Akira to come and wipe everything yeah, clean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And make everything uh, pure again. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like that kind of nihilistic view of things in this movie. Yeah, and I also love um I love they even they even give some of that in um like even the cutting, like the editing and stuff like that when there's that image of the dog on the TV screen in the beginning. Yeah. And it's like a nice happy like colorful little dog and it match cuts to the reality which the are like, attack dogs. dogs. Yeah. And they're terrifying yeah, and you're like, this. "Oh shit." Like that's a commentary on like media in my opinion. But of course, I'm just digging now, basically. But <laughs> there are so many, so many little things, things going on in this oh, movie. No. The scene where the city council is debating about stuff, and like one guy's asleep at the council while the other guys are yelling. Yeah, and it's such a remark, like it's such a remark on bureaucracy and oh politics God. and the government and even the military with the general. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, like how he needs to control everything. And uh, even the mad scientist guy who, yeah, he. He's told by the general, hey, if these levels get out of control, you have to kill Tetsuo because we can't let him get out of control. And yeah. the guy's like, dude, comes back at the end of the movie. He's like, these levels are out of control. Why didn't you kill him? He's like, but it's like science. science. We have to see but what it's happens. Science. You know, it's just hubris all around. She blinded me with science. science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh my God, there's so much in this movie. So I'm like much. Crazy. 
Okay, um, what's next? Let's move on. For- does the story have focus? Does it know what it is? Yes. It's an anime movie that's science fiction. Yeah, it's dope. That's all you need to know. Yeah, we've said enough. <laughs> is the movie enjoyable? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's shit. Don't watch it. <laughs> it's enjoyable if you like thinking when you watch movies. If you don't like to think when you watch movies, don't watch this movie. Okay, but even <laughs> if you... Okay, if you're cool with not knowing what the fuck is going on and you just want to enjoy some beautiful piece of art... Yeah. Then watch it too. Yeah. Or if you want to be really grossed out by a grotesque blob forming... There's definitely going to be... engulfing everything, then that's cool too. <laughs> there's definitely going to be WTF moments. <laughs> What the fuck? Like when Akita, uh, no, Akira, um, when Kaneda is like surrounded by like fleshy tumors, yeah, uh, and he's getting squished. It's yeah, like the most yeah. visceral, and they're pulsating disgusting and reaction I've ever had. Yeah, it's really gross. Yeah, see, I mean, you could, yeah, but if you if you want to figure it out, then you know, watch it, pay attention. Yeah, you gotta really pay attention, <laughs> or have read the mangas ahead of time. Yeah, that's true. Um, does it have rewatch value? Yeah. Yeah. This is our third viewing. We've watched it three times, and only now are we starting to understand <laughs> the plot of this movie and like what exactly everything is and what's going on. Yeah. And I'm sure if we watch it another three times, we'll then finally get all the subtext and all the metaphors <laughs> and all the illusions going on. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of rewatch value. There's yeah. all these little things hidden away, background of scenes. and We'll so watch it much. again in six months. Probably. Yeah. And it'll blow know. our minds again. <laughs> I consider this one of my favorite movies. I would as well, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, animes, at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does the film advance the genre anyway? We've already kind of touched on this. Hells yeah, I did. A lot of ways. Hells yeah. Yeah. All in the fact, ways. a lot of Japanese anime filmmakers and just you know live action filmmakers have said that Akira was an influence on them yeah to varying degrees especially with the cyberpunk genre that yeah uh, as well as how to approach like you know framing shots so yeah lighting cinematography atmosphere oh yeah the atmosphere is crazy in this movie yeah I mean you can take anything that they did in in Akira and, and use and use it in a live action movie yeah which is amazing. Um, I feel like pretty it, groundbreaking. The the set pieces that are presented in Akira is like everything Blade Runner wanted to be, but like couldn't do because it was live action and they right? didn't have the budget for. Yeah, totally. I mean, was Akira was aspi- inspired by Blade Runner, right? I think. So. I know I that. Know. Go- I know that the Ghost in the Shell is. The, yeah. I'll have to look into it because I know that Ghost in the Shell in the Shell was inspired by. Blade Runner. You can make the argument anything in that sort of dystopic neo-noir setting is inspired by but, Blade Runner. Yeah, that's true. Because it was yeah. the first one. But yeah, Akira does what Blade Runner could not do to limitations in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool if you like movies like Blade Runner or Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we said it. Do we have, what do we have one more? Um, not really. Does it have a legacy? Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they're going to be doing a live action one, which I hope gets uh, stopped. I'm on the, f- I'm on the fence about that. Yeah, I don't. I hope they stop it. I hope it doesn't get the, green light because it's like, oh my the god. The only way they could do the same scope that the original animated version has is if they do crazy CGI. Ugh, and, I don't, and I'm it's not, not going to be good. Fan of that. Like it's not yeah. going to be very good. I wonder if it's. Um, I wonder if this, the creator would be involved. I don't know. Oh, let me see. Let me see here. But um, I would hope so. 
I mean, I really hope he'd be involved. And if they're going to do a remake of Akira, it might be a better idea to take a look at the mangas ahead of time and see if they can create a different storyline, maybe? Oh. Yeah, know. no, yeah, I agree. Maybe a different, not the same. Like doing a cut, like a. Maybe taking other pieces from it and. Yeah, like doing a cut one. for cut replica. I don't know if that's a great yeah, idea. It's a mistake. Um, apparently, what's his name? Tight. Oh, I can't pronounce it. Y T T, the guy who di- who directed um Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. The New Zealander. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna. He's trying to. He's trying to adapt it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's the guy that was in um. Family come out at night. Yeah. 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 I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways. Oh, interesting. So yeah, very strange choice, but that's okay. Well, he did um what we do in the shadows too. That was a funny movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's say. what that's what I meant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Wait, what did you say? Family come out at night. Which one is that? I don't know. It's whatever the one you're talking about. Where they're <laughs> the all vampires. vampires. One. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Anyways. I can't, I can't remember the name of every single like little indie film I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we will see what he does with that. Yeah, if hopefully he... it's good. But in the meantime, <laughs> watch the original animated one, which is... Yeah. I'm just going to go bold and say it's superior to whatever one they're going to come out with. Yeah, and I would bet money on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's no so. way. That's all I have to say. Do you have anything else to add? No, I, I think, think that's, that's it. That's um, our review. Yeah, I mean, you can find us on Instagram at Real Rumble. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. That's Bye. our review of Akira. Bye. Bye. Bye.